sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Spooksters and Parastalkers of the night. Welcome to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio with your host, myself, Anne Rekovich, and... The quiet one in the corner, Renata Daniel. Oh, you weren't so quiet on Friday night. Oh, but it was so exciting. We were actually back at Maitland Jail. Oh, it was so good to be back. Uh, To hear those doors opening back up to us. Amazing. And and the, the ghosties were fabulous on they, the spirit box. Yes, apparently there was a knock-knock joke. It was a knock-knock joke. So what we do is an experiment in A-Wing where we have uh, a few of the tour participants sitting there with headphones on like I am right now and they, they're listening to one of the spirit boxes and they just call out whatever they hear. So we had, I think, four people on the headphones calling out the words. Now, when they've got headphones on, they can't hear anything. So we were asking questions. And if we get a response, then that's really interesting because these people can't fake it. They can't fake the fact that they're. Um, oh, Renata's got the, the thing there. That's okay. That's all right. Because um, they can't hear the question to be able to give the answer we want to hear. Uh, so there was uh, one of the people that with the headphones on said, knock, knock. So one of our uh, people who were asking questions said, uh, who's there? And then the one on headphones said, um, stupid. And our questioner said, stupid who? And the one on headphones went, you. (laughs) (laughs) That's just crazy. Oh, that was gold. How could she have known to come up with all of those answers? Mm. Fabulous. Anyway, I thank the boys profusely for their... um, energetic interactions. Of course, when Renata walked in, they were calling her every yeah, name under the sun, as, as usual. As usual. <laughs> I, I know I'm loved by those yep. boys, by yep. some of the worst names you could ever imagine. But yeah, We, we, we even had, um, earlier in one of the sessions, apparently they had the C-bomb followed by Itchy. Oh. <laughs> let's, let's not go there itchy this bits. early. Let's, yes. Okay, oh. bets are on for when the P word comes out. Okay, bets are on. <laughs> let's start it. <laughs> uh, now, look, first of all, big shout out to our beautiful Robert White. Now, Robert White is one of the most generous people that we know. And every time we go live, Robert is sending us stuff. He is our living guardian oh, angel, I swear. <laughs> just a big thank you. Yeah, you're such a generous person. We really do appreciate it. We do. Um, and we are live on Facebook now for anyone who would like to watch on Anne and Renata dash frightfully good but then we turn off at quarter past and we go to just the radio but just so you can see us uh renata do you have some paranormal news for us tonight i do and even though it's not new new paranormal news it is paranormal news because this story is everywhere it is flooding every type of social media that you can Imagine over in England, and that is the story of the Battersea Poltergeist. Oh, I have since been on magazine covers, and yeah. there's movies, and yeah, and all Haunted sorts of Magazine things. has had a, um, a an article about it, so it's everywhere. We and were even going to do a True Hauntings podcast on it till we realised every man and their dog, yes. and squirrel were doing it. Yeah, but I, I thought I would take the opportunity to just dabble in the story a little bit and just let everybody know what this story is about. 
So it begins with an ordinary day for Shirley Hitchings until she discovers a mysterious key on her pillow. Now she's baffled and the 15-year-old hands it to her equally puzzled father, Wally. The silver key doesn't fit any cupboard or door in the house, and it also miraculously disappears into thin air after being left on their mantelpiece. So this strange moment occurred in 1956 and was the start of one of the most notorious hauntings of all time. How many times have we heard that? Uh, oh, every time. Yep. It doesn't matter. Yep. It's, we, it's we, always the most haunted house of all time or the most severe poltergeist of all time. Yeah. we Didn't we do a um, seminar yesterday? Oh, we're not we going heard, there, are we? And we heard oh. a story about the most haunted house, but that's for another Sunday. That's, that's another Sunday. That's another Sunday. So the family believed Donald the poltergeist, <laughs> they gave him a name, Donald, okay. took up residence in their home in Battersea, South London, and stayed for 12 years. Oh, I hope he paid rent. Like, 12 years. I have never heard of a poltergeist story going for 12 years, but now I have. All right. Yeah, they're normally quite short-lived. Yes, they are. So that night, we were awoken at 2 a.m. with all this horrendous banging coming from the walls and under the floors, and it woke everybody up, including our neighbours, says Shirley, who is now 80. They must have thought something else was going on Mm. in there. It went on for two or three weeks. The police and the fire brigade were called. The policeman came during the day and noted down what was happening. And one particular policeman said, I think the whole house has had a little bit too much cocoa. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Yeah, I don't know. Cocaine, maybe. Cocoa. The family, Dad, Wally, a tube driver. I think that's a London tube. Uh, Mum Kitty and the older brother John pleaded with the authorities to listen, but nothing was done. So soon, Shirley says, Donald became even more menacing. That's Donald the poltergeist. Donald the poltergeist. From there, the banging noises started going off during the day too. And there were pots and pans that were on the stove and hanging up. And they would be flying around and we'd have to dodge them. That's, oh, wow. That's crazy. At one point, Mum's clock came off the mantelpiece. It was her pride and joy, and it floated across the room and landed on the dining room table very gently. Oh, well, at least they were, they were good with that one. Things were whizzing around, and we had to sit there and write it out. At the time, it made the papers with the press camping outside 63 Wycliffe Road, give them the address, of course, yeah, to try and get a glimpse of what was going on. The Daily Mirror published a story about mystery noises that haunt Shirley. Poor Shirley. Ghost hunter Harold Chibbett heard about it and offered to help. He visited, As, as would every ghost hunter within <laughs> Cooey. <laughs> he visited regularly and asked the poltergeist if they could call him Donald, to which the ghost is said to have been delighted and he tapped on the table to agree communicating through writing. Thank you. Thank you for that. I've got the sound effects for you. Piss week. sorry. Shirley Shivers. One day, Mr. Chibbert asked Donald if he could write. He left an ordinary ballpoint pen and paper on the table in the front room, and we all came back to the kitchen. He tapped for Donald to write a message. (laughs) When we went back, it was really creepy. There was a shaky message, and he'd written, I come. (laughs) Was it Saturday night? (laughs) It was months before we got illegible writing. Um, Donald said he couldn't write with the pen. He wanted a quill. What? 
Oh, well, I suppose if he's from a time gone by, a pen would be magic. The family deducted that the poltergeist had some intelligence. Mm-hmm. And Shirley says Donald sometimes even played with her. Oh. <laughs> this gets worse. Hang on. Uh, she In la- what way? <laughs> she laughs. Come on. Shush. Oh, he she plays laughs. with me. <laughs> she laughs. Slippers would walk around the room on their own. They were in front of the fire. They were my dad's and they would take off and I would chase them up the passage. Robert just said, I hope he brought Kleenex. (laughs) And around the bedroom and try to catch them and he would play with me. Stop saying that, Shirley! But Shirley says Donald had also also had a darker side. We were all treading on eggshells. We had to be careful what we said and didn't want to upset him because he used to set fire to things. It started one time when he piled all the tea towels on an electric cooker and it caught fire and Dad had to put it out. Another time he set fire to my mum's double bed Oops. and Dad rushed in. <laughs> did, no. did Dad no. come? <laughs> And he was trying to battle the flames, and while he was doing it, uh, something pulled him in. (laughs) (laughs) I think I stuffed at the wrong spot. Your pauses weren't quite correct there, Renata. Just don't don't pause at that particular moment. Read the punctuations. Brigade turned up. Hi, Mayor Jay. Oh, and got Dad away, and an ambulance was called before he burnt all his arm. When they got to Battersea General Hospital and cleaned it up, they took photographs of it, and the consultant said he'd been clawed by a wild animal. Dad had a terrible arm for about three months because of the burns, and he had three claw marks, deep gouges down his arm. As she got older, Shirley lost friends as the strange happenings continued until 1968. She even lost her job as a seamstress in a London store when she says Donald stole all the scissors from the workroom. Her grandmother was convinced that Donald was the devil. The family tried to organise an exorcism and Shirley says my dad had a co-driver, Mr Hanks. He was a medium and so was his wife. He approached my dad and said, could they get rid, Could he get rid of Donald? So they went around the house on a Friday night and there was his wife and another couple of mediums and a priest and dad and I. We all sat in circle, held hands and Mr Hanks Kumbaya, went into a trance Lord. and the priest had some holy water. Oh Lord. But the attempt was cut short after the police knocked on the door accusing the party of black magic. The issue was discussed Ooh. in Parliament. What? And Wally and Mr Hanks gave a statement. My gosh. Even when Shirley moved to West Sussex after she got married, she says Donald persisted and it wasn't until she was 25 that he finally left her alone. She says, we didn't have a phone, uh, but Donald would leave messages telling me what my parents were doing in London and he'd tell my parents what we were doing in Sussex. He wrote messages and left them around the house. Now, one day I went to the telephone box and called my dad and he said, we've had a message, girl. Donald's gone. He's just left a message at my parents saying, my work is done. Goodbye. But even though Shirley and her father were elated, her mother went into mourning and she says that it was though she had lost a son. Oh, wow. It's Mm. part of her, I reckon. Wow. So as the years went by... Shirley tried to forget about Donald, but she now feels that the podcast has given her answers. So there's a podcast, obviously. I didn't want to go over everything as I didn't want him to come back. I was so frightened it was going to happen to my two children when they turned 15. Even now I get a bit jittery. 
but I just put it out of my mind and pretend nothing has ever happened. But despite what he put us through, this is Donald's story. He came for a reason and he could still be out there, although from what I know, I'm not sure now. Wow. There you go. I'm actually looking forward to doing a True Hauntings on it now. Yeah. It sounds like a really interesting case. Mm. Yeah, uh, Robert says, Donald wears me trousers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, thank you, Renata, for that story. That was a really good one. Now, when we come back, we're going to discombobulate you all by moving things around in the show. Mm. When we come back, we're going to be doing the paranormal trash or treasure. What's in Anne's Pandora's box this week? Mm. Now, you need to, during this little break, pop over to the Newcastle Live Radio group on Facebook and have a look at the gorgeous little item that's on there. It's a treasure. There's a couple of photos there, different colours too. Yes. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. It is time for Trash or Treasure. This is where I get onto eBay or Etsy or one of those other places where you find absolute gems, find something that claims to be paranormal, and we try to work it out whether it's trash or treasure. I don't think we've found a treasure yet, Anne. I'm trying hard. (laughs) It's a a challenge. Anyway, I'm going to describe, for those people at home who haven't seen the pictures, Uh, um, we have got a a couple of pictures on there. Uh, The first one looks like a little red spaceship, but it's actually a little bead. It's a little charm that would go onto your bracelet. And it's red with white spots with red little sticky-outy things on it. I'm so good at describing (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Then we've got a blue bead, a nice royal blue with some white polka dot spots on it. Then we've got another one that looks like a little spaceship. It's a glittery red with little green knobbies on it. <laughs> and then a blue one with white polka dots mm-hmm, on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I did ask people playing at home to let me know what they thought it was mm-hmm. before I told people. Mm-hmm. Someone's um, got it right. Yes. Uh, Karen seems to think it's a possessed Pandora charm. Um, Alvaro, thank you for joining us, Alvaro, and playing along. He said it's very nice. He likes them. <laughs> uh, Annette. Oh, Annette's come up with a great one portable portholes for the ghost to pass through. There's lots of puts in there. (laughs) Jenny Alterton, thank you. Maybe a ghost trap like they used in Ghostbusters, but only smaller. Mm. Daniela, um, well, they did tell us not to open Pandora's box. (laughs) And Deborah Ann agrees that it also looks like a Pandora bead. And you are right. I do remember seeing these. I, I desperately wanted a Pandora bracelet at one stage or other. Yes, they die. And I, I did see these little beads that were available to purchase in hot dollar. <laughs> uh, so let me tell you what they're selling and we'll work out whether it's trash or treasure. Now, this was on eBay and I did check today to see if it was still there and it is still available if anyone would like it. So the, the heading on this was beauty spell powerful 10 times triple cast beauty voodoo gin vessel bead magic (laughs) once again we've managed to to uh hit many little targets Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. yeah the algorithms will like that one algorithms will and you'll be pleased to know that there is actually 10 of them available hence the reason why there's different colors Uh now i'll read the description here Blessings and welcome to Druid Shaven. Now, can I just say the Druids would not have a bar of this. (laughs) My name is Philomena. 
and I have been brought up in the old religion, and all my life I lived through the universal powers and energies that surround and guide us. Give me a bucket. My mother is the high priestess of our coven. Of course she is. Um, Druids don't have covens, but let's keep going there. Uh, Like my grandmother was before her, for the last 20 years I have been helping bring people their ultimate dreams and desires, and today is your opportunity for me and my coven to rip you off. I mean, sorry, to help you. This is white magic. It's white magic. It's, it's oh, okay. makes it so different because it's white It's white. Magic. There's no negative or dark comebacks on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hated having a dark comeback on that. <laughs> oh. yeah, it wouldn't be real fresh. Anyway, <clears throat> today's offering is a powerful beauty spell. It is a glass spell bead wrapped around 925 sterling silver and has been cast upon 10 times. So they've actually got 10x times, so it's 10 times times, using potent incantations and cast upon on sacred ground by myself and my coven. So they've taken the bead and thrown it on the ground. And in a sacred place. In a sacred place. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, we cast upon it at exactly midnight, all ten of them, bathed in the light of the full moon. We also called upon the ancient Celtic Irish goddess. Now, I'll spell this C-L-I-O-D-H-N-A. So if I pronounce that as I saw it, it would be Cleodina, to infuse her power and energy upon this powerfully charged vessel. Now, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little bit more about Cleodona. Oh, please do. Um, but please note that they have put an English <laughs> translation for us, and uh-huh. apparently that comes out as cleaner. Yeah, oh. yeah I like the Cleodona yeah. better. She is queen of the banshees, the fairies. Now, hang on. Are banshees and fairies the same thing? Mm, no. But, okay. yeah, well, anyway. it's all right. She's all purpose. Yeah, she's covering everything. We've got the witches and the druids as well. Yeah. And as they are creatures of light and beauty, her power and energy invoke make invoked make any charged item a mighty vessel. Hold on, hold on. Banshees, light and beauty. I know. Banshees are the omens of death. Yes. They've, right. they've stuffed okay. this up. Okay. Somebody going. forgot to do their research with their <laughs> their going. fairy dictionary before they started. <laughs> um, oh. Sorry, so what are we up to? Her power and energy invoked. Make any charged item a mighty vessel to own. Mm-hmm. It can be worn on a bracelet, a necklace, or kept in a purse or pocket. The more you keep it with you, the stronger the manifestation. Its energy is for males or females. What do you have to do once you receive the vessel bead? Nothing. Mm. Just keep the bead with you and you will see see and feel the powerful energies around you. What if I lose my powerfully charged bead? (laughs) (laughs) Will whoever gets my powerfully charged bead get my spell? We don't want that to happen. No. We've just paid yeah. good money for the that powerful bead. No. When I first cast your vessel, I will ask your full name and date of birth and your credit card numbers <laughs> and your social security numbers. No, sorry. This spell is cast only for you. 
But they said it's already been cast ten times. I know, in the full moon. So, uh, um, All right, keep the, going. Just a few contradictions there. Um, you have been drawn to this listing for a reason. We have. Because it's trash. <laughs> you can take control of your destiny today. How much? Well... What would you pay for a beauty bead that you could possibly buy from Hot Dollar or the Reject Shop? Which I'm pretty sure when I saw them, they were a dollar each. Yes, they were. Well, they're actually quite reasonably priced, I think. They're only thirty-two ninety-seven uh, Great British Pounds, so £32.97, pence, mm-hmm. um, which is about $62 Australian <laughs> for the little yeah. bead mm-hmm. from Hot Dollar. Yeah. That's, so, that's that's pretty good. Then, then that's they, a markup. They, they, they did say down the, the bottom um, that you may not be the same one pictured that you see in the pictures they've got up. Right. Because mm-hmm. if they run out, they've got to race down to Hot Dollar and buy some more. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So what do you reckon, Renata? Is this paranormal trash or paranormal treasure? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a paranormal encyclopedia of different uh, yes, things. Yes, it's it's amazing. Um, I'm gobsmacked, and um, there would be no way on earth I'd be paying for this. But anyway, I think it's a whole lot of codswallop. One day I'll get a good one. Mm. I just don't know where I'm going to find it. <laughs> there was actually there is one, and I might bring it out for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Where they've got a video of um, this item yeah. actually doing what she's asking it to do. Oh, I know. I'll, pu- oh. I'll pop that up and um, yeah, I'll pop it onto the the uh, Facebook page. The Facebook page during the week, so you can all have a look. I like it. Mm. Now, a um, couple more shout outs before we go to the next song. Seth and Mick have birthdays. Happy birthday to yous. <laughs> So we are wishing um, our beautiful Mick, who is part of our team, a great happy birthday. Happy half century. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. I said, how old you were. And Seth, happy birthday to you too. (laughs) And we are back now for our spooky chat. So this is where you get the opportunity to ask us any question you like. And you need to do that by texting 0490 84 I'll say that again, 0490-84-8886. And we have some questions through already. Even if you just want to have some comment on the show, um, if you like a particular song or you don't like a song or you, you think it's a funny story, we welcome you guys to join us as we, we're going through all our um, shenanigans here. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a question here from Renee. Can cats see spirits or are mine just messing with my head? <laughs> uh, look, um, I guess everyone that owns a cat or a, a dog has had the experience where they see them standing stock still and staring at a corner of the house or getting uh, very agitated at what seems to be thin air. So they seem to be sensing something. And it's not only their eyes um, that see far more, so their peripheral vision is a lot wider than ours. And 
their sense of smell is also extraordinary. So it could be that they're actually smelling something. Or hearing. Or hearing something or actually seeing something. Remember, their view is wider than ours. So they can be looking straight ahead, but they're seeing something very much on the side, to the left or to the right. Um, We could be looking at what we think they're staring at, but they're not actually staring at that at all. But I have heard tons of stories where cats and dogs seem to be picking up on something and uh, us humans aren't seeing anything there. Yeah. So they they are also very sensitive to energies that we might not be sensible sensitive to. Sensing to, to. yeah. Another coffee. I shouldn't have coffee this late anyway. All right, we've got another question here. Oh, I can't open up the phone. It's a challenge. Uh, What is your thoughts on the hat man phenomena? I'm not actually that familiar with the hat man. This is not um, the, the, it's sort of like that, um, a flat hat out to the side. Yep. That's it? Yeah. Yep. Looks okay. like a... I haven't um, heard of it like called... Like the Spanish... Um, Zorro. S- yeah. That <laughs> Zorro hat. hat. And uh, this seems to be something that is found worldwide and people still kind of don't know why um, people see these particular beings um, so they're kind of saying well is is it interdimensional is it a, a time slip thing um, is it Zorro is come, it, to, <laughs> come to rescue me is it Zorro uh, the one thing that they seem to think that it could be associated with is sleep paralysis so it's another form of um, entity that you're seeing during sleep paralysis or but, that when this person or when this entity is seen, they put you in some sort of a trance. Either oh. or. Either or. Okay. Well, that's two very different things. Uh, sleep paralysis <clears throat> is also known as old hag syndrome, mm-hmm. where you get that feeling of that weight sitting on your chest and that you can't get up. So from uh, the uh, website uh, Coffee and Creamery... <laughs> That, that sounds like a very reliable paranormal yeah, web- yep, website. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, it says, let me get it here. Yes, we, we are doing some research on the fly. As I said, I'm some, not that familiar yep, with this one. Some ufologists believe Hatman could be an alien species observing people. Data collected on Hatman has predominantly been first-hand accounts of personal experiences. People describe an entity watching either from a doorway, a closet, or corner of a room. Most oh, accounts, that's the boogeyman. Most accounts say observations is all that happens, strengthening ufologists' claims. Others claim that they are approached on or Hatman hovers over the top of them, strengthening the scientific community's claim that Hatman is, is experienced as sleep paralysis. Do you know what? We need to ask this of one of our special guests who are coming on live for the Halloween special next week. Mm. Cade Muir from Queensland, who has all the UFO stories. And he's got one of Newcastle that he's going to share with us. Awesome. That's live on the Halloween show next week, everyone. Right. So... Yet another claim to also see him during the daytime when people are awake and going about their day. Still others claim that they experience seeing Hatman during, after or before a major trauma or traumatic event. This connection to Hatman would seem to suggest a spiritual or emotionally driven aspect to the shade or shadow figure not always accounted for. 
Right. So uh, they describe him as a male with defined characteristics. Hatman is a completely dark entity, most similar to what people could more easily identify as a shadow person. Hatman wears a fedora or some type of Ah, long-brimmed hat. Hatman appears to be wearing some type of coat, often described as a trench coat. (laughs) Some accounts say he has red eyes. However, most people say, much like his clothing, his face is obscured, and they can make out a general outline of where he's located. Witnesses describe his height being about six feet tall. That's pretty scary. Mm, I just had a really good idea. Why don't we get our listeners to text in suitable Halloween songs for next week? Oh, that would be awesome. So, guys, if you've got a really good Halloween song that you'd like to hear on our Halloween special, um, preferably themed in a spooky type of way, text it in to 0490 We'll be giving that number out several times during the show, so don't panic. Just go get a pen and pencil so you're ready for the next time. And I want to want to do a, a quick announcement of another guest speaker that yes. we've got coming on next week. Yep. We have all the way from... From London, and she's going to call in live our dear friend Beth Darlington of Access Paranormal. She has moved from Australia before the pandemic started to go and live and work in London and also to follow her paranormal passion. Yes. Because she is right into it. She's as crazy as we are when it comes to the paranormal. And she's going to be bringing us a a ghost story. Awesome. Now, she lived in England for a few years Mm -hmm. uh, and then moved out to Australia. Um, And now she's back there, I think, for good, considering that. She's got a fiancé. Then she just got engaged. Yeah. Congratulations, Beth. I'm so excited. We've been invited to the wedding. <laughs> now we have two really, really emotional um, shout-outs that we need to do. And one is for um, the beautiful Jeanette Barlow, who is coming home, or hopefully coming home, um, and she is... She didn't get some really good results on her uh, cancer treatment or her um, what's been happening with her yeah. cancer. She's been battling it for a long time. Sadly, the results were not great, and she has been a long-time big fan of the Frightfully Good team, and uh, we love her to death, and um, we just want to say, you know, we love you, Janet, and we're thinking of you and your family at this really horrible time, and and uh, we wish you all the best. Yeah, all our love to you, Jeanette. And also we had a, a call-in um, from Renee who would like some healing sent to her five-year-old daughter, Addison, who has COVID. Oh, that's just awful. Now, Addison caught it from her brother, I believe, who caught it from a teacher at school. Yeah. So, sweet. And there's no blame on no, any, no, any no. of those people. No. It's just running rife. Yeah, sweet Addison has got it right now. So, guys, if we could just get all of you that are listening to just think of Addison and think of Jeanette at the moment and... And, you know, if you think you might have it a little bit difficult at the moment, think of these gorgeous people. And we actually put a post up for Janet on the uh, Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page because she loved purple and we got everyone to send in purple oh, hearts or purple. Yeah. And it's just a wash with purple. It's I'm so beautiful. proud of you guys. You are the best, best army ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, shall we announce another one just before we go to a song? Yeah, why not? And we also have, all the way from Tasmania... 
Charmaine. Charmaine Mansfield from Tasmania's Most Haunted. She's yes. going to be coming on live to talk to us as well. She's got a ghost story. So what we've concentrated on is is asking people to tell us if if they're from another country, want they we want them to tell us about Halloween in their country, mm-hmm. and uh, if they're uh, from Australia, a ghost story mm-hmm. of some form or other. Yeah. So we're we're back now into our uh, spooky chat, mm-hmm. uh, and I do believe we have got another question, Renata. Oh, um, we were asked uh, on uh, Messenger about the uh, documentary that we are in. Oh and yes, the, what it's called is called the space between. So it's three words: the space between. The space between, and uh, it is currently on Seven Plus. Yep, it's not on there there for much longer. Only a few more months, I think. Right. So this is the one where you stream it live, so you've got to go onto the internet. Yeah, and uh, it's a three-part documentary, and uh, it is about uh, Bianca Biassi's journey um, at Q Station Manly. So Q Station Manly is the... uh, spot where all of the action takes place and she calls in the paranormal investigators uh, which are Osparatech to come in and help her. That would be us. Yes, to, to assist her in finding out whether the place is truly haunted. And the, we don't arrive to the end of the first episode but by God when we arrive we arrive in style That's and right. it's a fantastic shot as the car comes driving up out of the dark mm-hmm. with the ghost number plates. Yep. If anyone sees my car around at the moment, it's a bright red one. It's got ghosts all over it. I have some friends sitting in the back seat, and they're supposed to glow in the dark. They're not glowing terribly well, but I'm going to fix that shortly. (laughs) Um, So you may see some skeletons in the back seat. Mm -hmm. Um, So, oh, I've just hit the wrong button there. Don't you hate when you do that? We have a question here. What... What are your thoughts on having a ghost hunting dog as part of a paranormal tr- uh, team? That's the Celtic Dragon, Akka Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe. Uh, we know that there is a gentleman in Sydney who runs tours with a uh, an almost German shepherd, mm. and uh, he takes his dog on tours. Now, as a female going out late at night, uh, I think it'd be an awesome idea to have a ghost detecting dog with me. Um, not because I'm scared of the ghosts, but because I'm scared of the Humans. people <laughs> that um, might be out at the same time in dark places. But look, we talked before about. Pets being able to sense more than we do. So it would be very interesting to see whether a pet does pick up on paranormal activity before we do. It would be very, very interesting. Um, If you had a team who was okay with having uh, a dog as part of the team, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, The only thing is that I, I probably wouldn't have a dog on a public, public tour. tour. Uh, I, I'm going to weigh in with the dog. Um, I would love to bring my dogs into Maitland Jail and see how they reacted, but neither of them are trained to be ghost hunting dogs. So there's a couple of things you've got to take into account. If you're going into a historic location, you've got to make sure your dogs are incredibly well behaved and not destructive. Then you've got to consider things that they do need to urinate and poop. Mm-hmm. And if you've got boy dogs, they tend to cock their leg on everything. So you've got to be careful that they're not peeing on historic 
things and you've got some sort of way to deal with that if they do. Mm. Um, and you do have to check with every single team member that they're not scared of dogs. Mm. I was walking my dogs the other day and this lady climbed up onto a chair squealing as we walked past. Now, you know my dog. He's a big, fluffy, fat ball and wouldn't hurt a fly, but didn't matter. She was terrified of the fact it was a dog. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're they're all little things you've got to consider. Yeah. But great question. Thank you. Uh, Can we announce some more special guests? Yes, we can. So excited. All right. Another one is a local. We've got a local coming in. Yes. We've got Isaac Butterfield, oh. who's going to come on the show with his lovely fiance, little little uh, Dixon, little, little Dixon, Claire. Yeah, and um, we're going to be talking to them about some ghost hunting and ghost stories. And yes, we are going to be doing more episodes with them. We're just waiting for it to clear a little bit so we can get the crew every day, together. every day closer, every day closer, every day closer. Um, we've also got all the way from America. <gasps> Joey and Tonya Medea. Yes. Uh, they have a show called Into the Outer Realms, and they have been just so delightful. We've, we've enjoyed working with them and doing shows with them. They're beautiful people and also incredibly knowledgeable. They've written books. Yeah. Uh, we've also got another gorgeous lady, which we had so much trouble trying to get her interview um, recorded the other day because we've had to pre-record some of our uh, internationals because – of the time difference. It's just not going to work in some states of America. Uh, and that is Tony Rotonda, who owns the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. Yes. And she told us a really, really spooky story, which um, we hope that the recordings worked. <laughs> and uh, she didn't mention this uh, during the story, but um, she actually in the uh, museum has a Dybbuk box. She it's a Dybbuk box. A proper <gasps> Dybbuk box. It, that would not be paranormal trash. It and would be treasure. It, it would be treasure. And there have been some really weird, weird instances that have occurred with that. It's pushed right at the back of the museum, um, hidden, and really no one's to touch it. So she has, um, I guess, she's, she's taking care of it, but yeah. Yeah, it's the place for it to be taken care of. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And before we go on, a big shout-out to uh, a member of the Newcastle Live family who had a wedding this weekend, the beautiful and delightful Bonnie. And Cal. And Cal. And can I say, Renata, you predicted it. Did I? I you did. Uh, Bonnie did ask for a card for the, the first, because she had to postpone a wor- wedding. The first time you said, no, it's not going to go ahead, and it didn't. And then she asked again um, that they've picked another date. Will it go ahead on that date? And at that stage, we weren't out of lockdowns or anything. You went, yes, it will. And sure enough, it did. And she looked beautiful. Oh, she looked absolutely gorgeous. And I am a little bit jealous of Cal's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a rock god. He did. He yes. did. <laughs> I was very impressed. Very mm. fine-looking couple. Very nice. Anyway, 
an Australian ghost story. Yes. Mm, and I'm going back to Canberra and we're talking about Duntroon. And Ooh. Duntroon is now the heart of Australia's military heritage. Built in 1833 as a residence for the Campbell family, it was established in 1911 as the Royal Military College and is situated on picturesque grounds at the foot of Mount Pleasant near Lake Burley Griffin. The grounds themselves have numerous historically significant buildings, with an example being the officer's mess, known as Duntroon House, which is an imposing stone building built by the Campbell family as their house before the land was purchased by the Crown. Like Blundell's cottage, it is also reputed to be haunted. Mm. Sophia Susanna Campbell was the daughter of George and Marianne Campbell. Born in 1857, she later died a mysterious death at the age of 27 after a fall from an upper window of Duntroon House. Now, how do you fall out a window? Mm. Suffering massive injuries and apoplexy, it took her a day to die, and she was later buried in a grave marked by a marble cross in the family plot. Her ghost is reputed to haunt the room from where she fell or was thrown to her death, as well as the rose garden that grows on the well-manicured gardens next to the house. Witnesses over time have reported a young lady dressed in a long, light blue dress walking the gardens, looking sad and forlorn, while others have reported seeing her walking along the top floor of the officer's mess. Again, a sad and forlorn figure. Indeed, there are reports of the bed in her room appearing to be slept in when no one has stayed in the room. Other eerie happenings, according to Tim the Yowie Man, are windows that bang, doors that shut of their own accord and massive temperature drops in the room. As well, a young officer cadet once reported that he had encountered a young woman in in an older-style blue dress in the hedge maze at Duntroon and that she she literally vanished before his eyes. And yet, as interesting as these stories are, they pale in comparison to another story Tim later tells us. So Tim used to use a large black hearse for his ghost and mystery tours. And on one of these tours, the group found themselves passing Duntroon House after midnight. At that moment, he was explaining to the tour group that it was common before that was a common belief that Sophia had committed suicide by jumping from the room. Mm-hmm. This particular night, however, he suffered a spontaneous nosebleed which spilt oil over the interior of the converted hearse. According to him, this was only the second time in his life that he had ever suffered a nosebleed, with the other time being when he first entered the room where Sophia died. Oh, This coincident disturbed him, so he contacted a spirit medium who was able to remotely describe what she believed had happened in the past. Surprisingly, as she described the place, she became more and more depressed, especially when she moved away from the area of Sophia's death. Finally, she came to the opinion that Sophia did not commit suicide and was in fact pushed from the top floor by persons unknown. Yep. Tim's nosebleeds were a sign from Sophia's spirit to tell him that he was telling the wrong story of her death. Yeah, they don't like it when you make up stories about them. (laughs) No. As we have seen, Sophia died of apoplexy or bleeding of the brain, a condition that often sees sufferers bleed from the nose or ears. 
Is it possible that Sophia was in fact trying to get her side of the story across? Was she, as Tim believes today, murdered? And did the medium stumble across a nasty little secret from Canberra's rural past? Canberra doesn't have any secrets. None at all. No. Interestingly, there is a story attached to Sophia Campbell's story and concerns the existence of a diary that is supposedly hidden somewhere in Duntroon House. This diary is reputed to have the details of all the facts surrounding her death and that one day it will be found and the truth revealed. Oh, let's go. Annoyingly, but really not surprisingly, the spirit medium failed to pick up where the whereabouts of the diary are. But then again, it is probably just a story. Just as interesting is the rumour that Sophia was pregnant to the gardener and had been later rejected by him, leading to her throwing herself out the window to her death. This rumour is fuelled by the fact that there is a grave of a baby next to hers. Oh. However, there is no evidence to support this theory. No, you'd have to do DNA and nobody's going to give permission for that to happen. Mm. As well, it has also been suggested that she was murdered by her very own family for seeing a man whom her father objected to. However, once again, this is false as her father died four years previous to her own death. And so, whatever the case is, Sophia Susanna Campbell sadly died and her ghost is now common knowledge in Canberra folklore circles. Oh, the poor darling. What an interesting story. Yeah. As I said, no secrets in Canberra. No. They've got good videos there, though. (laughs) And fireworks. Fireworks. Everything goes off with a bang in Canberra. (laughs) It does. Oh, my goodness. Now, I've I've actually got a little comment here on our text messages. Um, Have you managed to ghost bust an entity into Renata's birthday doll so you can sell it on eBay for thousands? Some extra cash for your travels. Now, there's a funny couple of little stories associated with that. Um, First off, I got really excited because we're going to use our travel credits to be able to fly. We thought if we fly over to Perth using travel credits, because I don't have any credits that we can use to fly to London, and then we'll fly from uh, from Perth to London. It'll be cheaper. And then I found that we might be able to fly premium economy. And it was going to be four and a half thousand to travel to London for both of us, premium economy. We got so excited. We thought we'll do some extra workshops. We can make the money to to (laughs) catch up to that and do that. And it would be such a treat to travel premium economy. Mm -hmm. And then I got all excited. And then um, I got a price notification the other day to say it dropped $20. I went, oh, wow. But then I read it closely and it said for one person. So it's four and a half thousand dollars for one person. I think we're back in in cattle class. But there is there is another funny story to be told about Renata's birthday present. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what did you get? What did I I give you? I I got the Exorcist doll. You got is it Linda? What's her name? Reagan. Linda Blair. Reagan. Reagan in her possessed state as a living dead doll. Yes. And um, Renata wanted to give it a good test first to make sure the head spins, and sure enough. does the head spins around, but then we learnt. <laughs> <laughs> tried to sit her down because it looked like her legs would uh, bend, um, and I broke a leg, <laughs> snapped a leg off. Oh, oh, that my that so my funny. <laughs> No, it's not funny. Reagan's leg's broken and I want to be possessed. The exorcist is coming for you. Oh, no. 
we'll, we'll get together. We'll, we'll get we'll get Just it back together. Super again. glue her back together we'll, yeah. and don't make it sit down. Oh, <laughs> no one will be allowed to touch Reagan. Oh. We've got a spooky story from Miss Anne. Oh, I'm having a hot flush. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. Now, you're telling me some weird-ass story about some guy who's making money on the side. Yeah, we, we're, we're talking about this lovely young man. Now, I did put a photo of him up on the uh, Newcastle Live Facebook, Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, he is actually an electrician. Mm-hmm. And his name he's from Brisbane. His name was Ryan Andrew King. And he found a really great way just to make a little bit of extra cash. I think I'm on the wrong page here. Tell me all about about it. Now, of course, I found this one in uh, the latest Fortean Times. I do like the Fortean Times. Mm -hmm. So Queensland electrician Ryan King received a three and a half year prison sentence for his little bit of extra income. What did he do? Do do you want to have a guess? Mm, He's an electrician. What uh, was he fixing up? Things oh, he was fixing up things, yeah. <laughs> most definitely fixing up things. Uh-huh. Uh, did they include batteries or something? Oh, no, oh, no, okay. no. Right. no, no, all right. So, uh, he received a three and a half year prison sentence after he advertised some castration services on a unique website. What, yes, of course, electrician castration goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Mm. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, as I said, this isn't necessarily a paranormal story, but it is certainly a weird one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and can I just also point out what I said there in that sentence? A unique website. Oh, a u- unique. Unique. Website. Unique website. There's a website. There's a, u- there's a website for Unix. Oh, my goodness. And he carried out the procedure on two men who responded they'd like to be castrated. Oh, no, we're getting messages flooding in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people were putting bets on when I was going to say the word. Um, So apparently his only qualifications he has in the medical industry, it's a great one, but I don't think it's quite qualified enough to be (laughs) doing castration. Yes, but an advanced first aid certificate. So he does have his participation certificate for first aid. Awesome. So he went to a backpackers hostel um, where he castrated them and he thought, you know, I've done such a good job here that I'm just going to take some of these little bits and pieces home with me. Um, He popped them in his freezer. So the two men wanted the procedure done and they they tried to get it done legally but there was nobody who would do it uh so i mean i can understand why uh so they turned to king to achieve their aim one of the men who suffered from genital dysphoria now Mm. have you heard of dysphoria Mm-hmm. So um, would you like to explain to people what genital dysphoria might mean? Well, they believe they shouldn't be born into the bodies that um, they are. So, th- like, if you're born into a man and you have a penis and testicles, it, it, you just can't you can't bear to look at it because it's not you. You don't believe that it's you. Yeah, they, they don't believe that belongs to yeah, them. It, yeah. it feels like it belongs to someone else. Yeah. Um, so they, they had that medical condition. Uh, it was revealed in court. And uh, the, the man actually said, I'm eternally grateful to Ryan for en- enabling now, me now to be able to enjoy my life. Mm. So a lot of mental health issues there. King didn't receive payment for the castrations, but he was allowed to film one procedure and post it on the Unic website. What? Mm-hmm. 
He was arrested when he was unable to control the bleeding after the second procedure and had to call the paramedics. Wouldn't you like to try and explain that one? Mm. To whom he admitted removing the man's genitals and flushing them down the toilet. (gasps) Oh, no. So you can't reattach them. They're gone. No. God. Uh, so police then went and searched his house where they found medical equipment and severed genitals in the freezer. So they cut off their penis. Yeah, I've said it. <laughs> what was the time? Um, in court, King did not realise he was breaking the law as both men he operated on had consented. Did he get it in writing? <laughs> but the judge concluded the message must be sent to people in the community that you cannot do things like this. No, that is true. Now, Absolutely true. I did find another article on the story um, and it it said that they removed a testicle, but it sounded to me like they removed more than a testicle. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they also added that former private schoolboy. Why, why did they have to say private schoolboy? What doesn't matter what school you went to when you're 27 years of age and cutting off other men's bits. Obviously, it is. Great so, body's education. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> advanced first aid certificate. Um, so they met online and arranged to meet up in a person that they said and perform this bizarre castration fetish fantasy. So he had a bit of a fetish fantasy about cutting off men's bits. This this is so so wrong in so many levels, except for the fact that um, these poor people do have this distressing ailment um, and they are looking for help and assistance and people will not give it to them. So it kind of goes to show how desperate some people get. So, yes, he was charged with two counts of accident intending to maim, disfigure or disable. It's understand the charges relates to a castration, castration fetish where men become aroused at the idea of having their penis and testicles cut off. I won't be aroused for long. <laughs> Aren't you glad it's it's late? <laughs> oh no. Um, and look, they they did also find out that this this poor gentleman um, was born with Klinefelter syndrome, which results in the man carrying an extra female chromosome. Um, but I I don't know if that's enough of an excuse to. Um, th- to say you know that it's okay to do this sort of thing, and the other thing the lawyer pulled out <laughs> was not his bits. Right. As defence, I should say, is that his client, his poor client, was bullied while attending oh, private school. Maybe. Oh no! Oh. So that means he's allowed to cut off bits. Oh. oh. Cheering me. <laughs> so that's my that's my weird story for the week. Is yeah. it weird enough for you? I think it's weird enough because we've had a lot of messages coming through. <laughs> Are we game enough to read them? Uh, um, now, I also, we're going to announce another one of our guest speakers, although I don't really want to announce them along with this topic. But um, we have, from Go Stop, Porn... Porn... <laughs> Oh dear Sean, I am so sorry. Sean Porter, Sean Porter, not Porn Shorter. Oh, we're going to have 
no hope when we get Christy on. <laughs> oh, no. If she brings up lavender, we're dead. Uh, all right, so Sean Porter from Ghost Stop, who has also been on Ghost Hunters, and uh, I think he's been on the, the latest uh, incarnation of Ghost Hunters. What's that one called? Paranormal something? Um, somebody will tell us, I'm sure. They'll text it in. Zero. If you're enjoying the show, 0490 We're just waiting until we get put off the air by our bosses. I'm sure they're not listening because otherwise they would have uh, put the kill switch on already. We have the beautiful and always fascinating Christy from Spells and Spirits. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. Oh, there was a I... beep. <laughs> How are you? Good. Just don't say any words that will make me lose it. No, I'll, I'll try. Again. I'll try. I'll try. You are talking tonight about a very interesting subject, and because we have Halloween coming up at the end of the week, yes. I think it's a perfect subject to talk about. So can you tell us all about pumpkin? Yes, and it is the most magical time of the year. I agree. For so pumpkin has very many magical uses. So, you know, traditionally um, in the States, and, you know, I know we're, we're adopting all the things here, and um, that's all fun, and I love it. So, you know, I guess first and foremost, you know, the pumpkin carving is one of those things that, you know, I guess is the most traditional um, Halloween things to do. And I know sometimes I've seen... Um, Woolworths and have actually got those big round orange pumpkins. Yeah, the massive um, ones. Yeah, so you can carve them out, but you know, using them magically, there's some certain things. You know, they're not just you know some pretty little decorations to stick on your front um, steps or your front porch. So even as you're pulling them out and those big things of seeds, you can actually clean them up, bake them in the oven, dry them out, and they're perfect to use for prosperity magic. So you can put them in little mojo bags and things like that. So, you know, because there's so many seeds, there's so much abundance oh. from those seeds. Mm -hmm. So they're perfect for, you know, mojo bags for abundance, money, mm -hmm. success, those sort of things. And so obviously um, with the jack-o'-lanterns, as they're called, they were actually originally made to chase away evil spirits. Mm -hmm. um, so in the spirit of that tradition, you know, you can hollow out your pumpkin. Um, you can actually put a charcoal disc in there and burn protection herbs like rosemary or sage. And that's so not just, you know, for decorative things. You can actually use it to help turn away negative energy at your doorstep. Mm -hmm. um, you can also um, carve protection symbols, um, sigils onto it as well. Mm -hmm. um, but on the flip side of that, you can also use it for other things like you can place a white candle inside it and write your wishes for the coming year on them and burn that piece of paper um, in the candle and release your wishes to the universe. Oh, I love burning stuff. I just love it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we love it. Um, and that's the thing. So, yeah, so you can even, um, you know, when you're done with your pumpkin, you can write your wishes and put in a piece of paper and bury it in the ground. And that way, your, you know, your magic, your whatever your wishes are, they're growing in your garden um, waiting to come through. Kitchen witches, best thing to do with pumpkin is just to make a batch of pumpkin soup. So you can stir it, stir it clockwise four times and bless it. 
Um, and, you know, that can help make strong ties with your family and friends, if you so wish. Um, but then you can serve it on All Hallows Eve and obviously include a setting, place setting for your ancestors. So not only is, you know, pumpkin time and things like that, but it is also a time to connect with our ancestors. Now, we've actually got um, a, a little tip here from Portable Tree. Um, mm. They've said that those pumpkins can get a little bit smelly after a little while, so she suggested lavender might help. Give it a waft of lavender. You're trying to set us off again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But, yes, leaving offerings for our ancestors. So, you know, for me, I have been brought up um, in the spiritual belief of ancestor veneration. So um, my family, um, for the last three generations, I'm the fourth. Um, my sister's got children, so we've got five generations. Um, we've always spent, gone to the Sandgate February twice a year. Um, so it, it always is the Sunday after the full moon in October um, and then another one, I believe, in May. And we go there with the rest of um, our community mm-hmm. and, you know, we burn Stuff. Shit. We burn shit. We burn, we burn shit. Yeah, we so, do burn shit, and I do love so, to burn shit. Somebody's just said there, I sound like a pyromaniac. Yeah, I am when it comes to <laughs> to um, burning herbs on uh, uh, charcoals. I'm, I'm a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. So with my family, we burn um, paper money, um, um, even when we've gone you know overseas and things like that to hong kong and things like that there's so much stuff that you can buy that you can burn so there's paper shoes there's paper dresses there's everything that your ancestors could possibly need in the afterlife and you burn that so they they receive that Mm -hmm. belief is that you know we look after them while they still look after us i guess in a spiritual Mm -hmm. um way and then we have a whole suckling tea and we sit around and have a party. Oh, crackle. Oh, God, I just don't, yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure about eating suckling pig at a cemetery, but never mind. Yeah, that, it's, it's very tradition. tasty. Just don't lick it's, your fingers. It's tradition. It's tradition. I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, like I said, you know, the thinning of the veil time and things like that. So even if, you know, even if you just set out a glass of water for your ancestors and light a candle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Give them some sort of acknowledgement because, you know, you are the culmination of thousands of years of breeding, really, when you think about it. Thousands of years of sex. Yeah, but all these people have got your back. They want the best for you. They want to look after you. Yeah. So just acknowledge them and allow the strength from your ancestors to come through. I like it. Yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, and to just dismiss the trauma. (laughs) (laughs) What trauma? (laughs) None of us have got trauma from our uh, growing up or our ancestors, I'm sure. Now, if you can't get your hands on a pumpkin, you can always um, take a... It is a gourd. A gourd. Gourd. Um, You can always take an apple into the cemetery and cut it in half and uh, leave a piece um, at the foot of uh, your ancestors or your your family grave site. That's also something else. Or take in um, even some herbs or some flowers and lay them on the... um, 
on the gravesite because first um, of November is All Souls Day, so a lot of people actually will go into the cemetery and um, visit their family and their relations at that point in time, especially over in Europe. So if we talk about my ancestral heritage, it's All Souls Day because they were very Catholic, and uh, yeah, they're usually there, uh, and it is just a sea of candles. Oh, it'd be beautiful. So it's, it's beautiful, and people actually sit for quite some time, and they they meet up with other people, and and they they sing carols and well not Christmas carols they sing hymns and and talk amongst themselves so it can be and an, tell stories an and all night thing too yeah, yeah. so it, it just seems that um, in Australia we just don't do any of those things so it's wonderful to hear uh, these stories of heritage and how people do go and continue that heritage and, and go and talk to their ancestors. Well, thank you very much, Christy, for your uh, talk on pumpkins tonight. I've enjoyed that very much. So anyone that wants to catch up with uh, Christy or send her a message or you need some good shit to burn, head over to the Spells and Spirits page or website and uh, check out what she's got because she's got some good stuff. You've got some lovely uh, flame crystals at the moment, don't you? I do. I have some beautiful carnelian and some amazonite. Um, I have some appetite um, eggs and I have some amazing labradite palm stones. Oh, I need to keep mm. away because I think I might spend way too much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we will see you next week or we will hear you next week and when it's Halloween. Yes. So in the meantime, enjoy <laughs> your spooky week, my gorgeous one. Thank you. Can't wait to hear who the last guest is. Oh, Hope two more. Up by night. Two more. <laughs> Thanks, Christy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now, just while we're waiting, we've got another question here. Um, are we doing another season of The Space Between? Yes, we are. There is a season two coming out of The Space Between, and it's going to be looking at a very haunted road in uh, around Sydney. Uh, also, Renata, I believe you've got a shout-out. You got a shout out for Erin. Oh yes! Oh good heavens, Erin, yes. I'm uh, here for you. Hi, Erin. Um, <laughs> our beautiful Erin, who lives in Newcastle, um, asked me to do um, some spooky shows with her. We did one a, a few weeks ago, which went off like a cracker. Yep. And we're doing another one on Wednesday night, um, and that is. Um, oh, we'll put up some information on the Anne and Renata Facebook page, and if anyone wants to um, come over and listen to some more spooky stuff on a Wednesday. Night, the information will be there and you'll be able to join us for that. And now we've got to announce our second last special guest mm-hmm. for our show. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. It's a big one. This is one of the ones that I thought, you know, what the hell? I'm going to ask them, even though I've never actually met them in person. Mm-hmm. And I fangirl over this particular person and I nearly died when they said yes. And they have told an amazing story and it's a personal story. Yeah. And our special guest is... Lloyd Auerbach, the author of so many of the books that I highly recommend. He is known as Professor Paranormal. He teaches at the Rhine Institute of Parapsychology. Wow. 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 Wait till you hear his story. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. 
So we're nearly at the end this evening and uh, we just want to really wrap it up by talking a little bit more about next week's fabulous show, four hours from 8pm till midnight. We are going to be on celebrating Halloween and we have many, many guests that we have pre-recorded and will be coming on live during the show. So, hey, anything could happen. And we've actually got something I forgot to mention. It's going to happen at 7pm. Mm-hmm. We're going to be going live from the warehouse that the studio is situated in, Newcastle Live Radio, with some of the Newcastle Live team doing a live seance. Mm. Now, it is still going to be a little bit light at that time of day. So... Um, We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We might do a bit of glass dowsing, a bit of table tipping, see what happens. But we will have uh, a live camera streaming to the Newcastle Live Radio Group page. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Renata, I'm going to give you the honour of announcing our last special, special, special guest. Oh, but he's your friend. I know he's my friend, he's but you friend. get to tell. Mm. You get to tell. Well, this is really exciting, and this is an, another one of those guests that we never thought we'd be able to get to um, Yeah, be part of this show, considering that you know it, it was only birthed a few weeks ago, and uh, we had this brilliant idea of why don't we just do a really long show for Renata's Halloween. Idea. <laughs> and um, yes, so we, as Anne said, she put out all of the requests asking for people to come on and would they be part of the show. And lo and behold, someone that Anne's known for a few years said yes. And that person is very well known in the paranormal community. And he's also from America. And his name is Mr. Bill Chappell. Yeah, from Ghost Adventures fame and the maker and creator, inventor of the Ovilus and so many other amazing gadgets. He is really trying to think outside the box and create something in a box <laughs> so to speak so bill um i sat down and chatted to him for about 45 minutes renata wasn't able to come on for that interview when i recorded it so um i had a great chat with bill and he actually revealed a, a worldwide exclusive which mm-hmm. will be announced here on this program next week and it's very exciting because it really could change the whole of the f- the the ghost hunting community. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where it takes us, but you're going to have to listen next week to hear what that is. Now we have just one or two last questions because we've got to get out of here early because we've got a huge song to end the show with. Um, we have a message from Erin saying, what happens if you don't have a family grave site that you can go and uh, make an offering at? Mm, so there are two things happening here. You may not live close to a family grave site and a lot of people don't. So the suggestion is something similar to what Christy from Spells and Spirits uh, was talking about. Um, place a, um, a small kind of makeshift altar somewhere in your home where you can put your ancestors' pictures up uh, those that have passed uh, and maybe light a candle in front of it or you know um, place a, a small piece of cake or something there as an offering uh, and so you can do that most definitely if you do want to go and visit a cemetery on the night take something with you and go to a grave a big site stick in case somebody's there that might hurt you <laughs> yeah, look go to a grave site that you kind of feel that no one has visited for 
ages and ages, and there are plenty of those old grave sites where the family may not be around anymore, um, and go and place something there and just say to that particular person, I remember you, you were important, you were somebody's mother or brother or sister or husband or whatever it was, and in this moment in time, I am honouring the fact that you lived a life and it was important. Yeah, very nice. Mm. I think it's always in your heart, wherever you, wherever they are, they're there with you in your heart. Um, there was something else I was going to uh, say, and I've completely forgotten now. It's oh yes, we've uh, we're back at Maitland Jail, as we said, and next Friday night we have a pop up tour. Uh, this tour is normally booked out for a couple of months in advance. So next Friday night we are putting on a Halloween tour. If you want to dress up and do all that sort of stuff do that but you've got to get onto the Maitland Jail website and uh, get those tickets are they $60? Mm-hmm. and it's from 9 till 11pm yes, 9 till 11 and uh, you'll get to meet Renata and I we might get dressed up in our Ghostbusters gear again because I think that's the only costume I've got that I'm prepared to wear although I have to say it makes my ass look huge <laughs> Not going there. It's all about the bass, about the bass. <laughs> all right, we have to get out of here. We do. We've got a big song. Thank you once again, everyone, for joining us this evening. We hope that we have entertained you and given you some laughs. And we will be back for our huge Halloween night next Sunday. So please invite your friends. Get some hot tea or some drinks. Hot toddy. Sit down and enjoy four hours with us next Sunday night. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable, sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.